Welcome to Raising Nashville. I'm Bucky. Juice Box. And I'm Old Boy. And this week we got together and decided to cover a Nashville topic. Now most of you know that we go back and forth between talking about our fatherhood and children and uh, sometimes the city of Nashville and pop culture could be in there. This week we wanted to throw it back to Nashville uh, for what I call... From Prevalence to Pedal Taverns, the history of Lower Broadway. Oh my God, this is like a three-point essay. This, this is not a three-point essay. No, no, no. I'm, 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 you, I, Coy, you started doing the titles, so I, I wanted to I, follow in suit. All right, Prevalence to Pedal Taverns, 1774 through 1992. No, we're going to go a little bit further than that. We're going to bring it up to today's time by the end of this uh, podcast. But we present, wanted to, to present day to present day, like today, to yesterday, yesterday. Okay. In fact, Ooh. it's weird. I was actually on Broadway yesterday, which uh, has it's been few and far between for me these days. Did you get uh, Did you go to an ice cream place? I did not go to an ice cream place. Do oh, those exist a, on Broadway? Yeah, yeah. Mike's ice cream. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Mike. Um, so what we want to do is I want to take you through a quick history because in order to cover Broadway, you kind of have to know the history behind it. And some of our listenership out there or the 100 people that move to Nashville every day, just look at Broadway as honky tonks and neon lights and tons of people and pedal taverns and, you know, school buses with the tops cut off and parties and bachelorettes and, you know, everything from when they moved here to now is what they see of lower Broadway. Now, what I wanted sure. to do is kind of give people out there an idea of how Broadway started and then the dark period of Broadway and then how it actually has come back to life to uh, provide the epicenter of uh, Nashville's greatest industry, which is tourism. Okay, I like that. And and the dark period, that's when it was taken over by the Empire, right? Uh, and for everybody who doesn't know out there, these are two local Nashvilleans on this podcast. And... Uh, one transplant. One transplant who has been here since the flood. But I want everybody out there to know that I'm pretty sure that old boy has n does not know anything in Nashville past, uh, I'd say, 2000. I agree with you 100%. I've, I've grown up here, lived my whole life here, and I know jack little about... Well, well, for once, let me educate you on something. Hell yeah. I, All right. I love to learn. So for everybody out there that doesn't know, uh, Nashville was really founded uh, in the late 1700s um, on a fort for, you know, it was on the river, Francis Nash. Right. And he, is he related to Diesel? The, the wrestler? wrestler? No. <laughs> is he? Because he went by Nash also. So oh, I figured God, there's probably no. some relation. He is not related to Kevin Nash. I bet they looked a lot. Francis, Kevin, yeah, they're descendants. He's his descendant. So founded in the late 1700s, um, Nashville actually became a city in uh, 1806. And then shortly after that, about, you know, 30-something years later, we became the capital of the state of Tennessee. And, you know, when most people think about Nashville, they think of Lower Broadway or Broadway. It was originally named Broad Street, and it was the east end. Uh, and the east end of it, the one, the basically First Avenue, housed uh, shipping docks, which it was a main hub because we were sitting on a river. We were between 
uh, a river and one of the biggest railways in the country at the time. Um, and Broadway really wasn't a thoroughfare back then. People used First Avenue. First Avenue was actually kind of like an interstate. Uh, I saw some pictures this morning where on the corner of First Avenue and Broadway, there's actually street signs that point one way, and it says like 296 miles Memphis. And then, you know, ahead, it was like 227 miles Knoxville. And so it really was kind of a junction. Due to trade from the river, you know, soon came on Broadway, they started building. So they're building feed stores, uh, hardware stores, and then eventually it becomes this place called Auto Row. Um, it's where you could, you know, buy new cars, used cars, you could trade in cars. Uh, that for, makes a lot of sense. Okay. Yeah, for a little bit of time. Um, and then after that, it became known as Furniture Row because all the cars moved out. They continued to build buildings on Broadway for furniture stores. Oh, man. No, I'm mind blown. So it went from Auto Row to Furniture Row? When, yes. When was that? So I think it Auto Row was pretty good up until I'd say World War II, and then once that happened, uh, some finances, and, and then the Great Depression was also preceded that. So um, it kind of people with money weren't buying automobiles; they moved out. Plus, the city at that time was expanding, and people were moving out to the suburbs, so they wanted to cater to that. So it became Furniture Row right there. I'd say in about the 30s. Mm-hmm. Uh, third between thirty and forty. Okay, all right. Furniture row. Yeah, okay. man. I'm. What are y'all doing tonight? I'm uh, probably gonna go kick it around furniture row. I'm gonna go down in the furniture district. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which at the time had a couple of establishments, um, and they were bars. Uh, they were bars that played what they called hillbilly music, and this was the start of a honky tonk. So we're talking in the 30s. There's actually one person, uh, it says in 1930, a man named Jimmy Rogers started performing at a bar nightly on Broadway. This attracted local tourists and others to perform, and Broadway began, also known to uh, not very many, the Honky Tonk Highway. Okay. So, and then another thing that you have to understand when we're covering this subject, which is going to get really interesting here in a minute. The Ryman Auditorium, which was uh, formerly known as the Union Gospel Tabernacle, was one of the main driving forces behind uh, Broadway and the honky-tonk part of Broadway. So today what we're going to do is cover between Fifth Avenue and Third Avenue. And most of you know that's that covers places like uh, Tootsie's and Roberts and Layla's and the stage and the wheel and, you know, some of these honky-tonks that have been around forever. But when the Ryman uh, Auditorium actually just decided to house the Grand Old Opry for the first time in 1940, well, in 1943, it was in, that, it was in War Memorial, actually, uh, for most of you know that, that that structure up on Diedrich Street, but uh, it was there for a few years and apparently... Uh, it, these shows got so rowdy that they were tearing out upholstery in the seats, so they decided to move it to the Ryman Auditorium because they were wooden church pews and they couldn't mess them up. Still, still on. <laughs> I swear to God, I read, read that. Oh, that's um, awesome. And and some of the stuff today, before I get into it, I have to coin a lady named Mary Tettle. Is it Tettle? I think it's Tettle. Mary Tettle, who uh, went to the University of North Carolina from 2002 to 2005 and got her master's in science. And for her master's thesis, she wrote a 157-page thesis on Lower Broadway. So a lot of this comes from her. So we're citing Mary Kettle. 
Mary Tettle. I, Tettle. Yeah. Okay, yeah. No, Sorry no, for this... butchering your last name. Hey, um, so the Ryman uh, Auditorium in 1943 started housing the Grand Old Opry, and it did up until 1974. So, you know, you're looking at uh, about 30 years um, of the Ryman Auditorium hosting the Grand Old Opry, which brought people to Nashville and downtown on Saturday nights. And a fun fact for some people who might not know is – Every single Grand Old Opry that happened at the Ryman Auditorium was a sellout. Every single one. That's impressive. So with the Ryman Auditorium, kind of grew the honky-tonks. Why? Because a lot of people, because of these sellouts, could not get into the Ryman. So they had the need for, you know, to still listen to country music. And all of these honky-tonks started to appear in like the 40s, right? So uh, Tootsie's... Um, but they were all called different names back then, but it was places for people to go and listen to hillbilly music, uh, and occasionally enjoy a beverage. Right. Just right across the alleyway there. Yeah. And when I think about the thirties and forties in downtown Nashville, I would really hope that Broadway would look like Bedford falls and like in the winter it's, uh, what's the, what's the guy? I have, I have no idea where you're going with this. It's a wonderful life. Oh, you know, when he's running down the street, Bedford Falls, and yelling at the old bank and stuff like that. I want to th- think that that's what Broadway looked like back then. It was great. I think it was happening. There were street lights. There were people there. There was a lot lot going on. Festive. Yeah, okay. it, was, it was incredible. It was a great time to be in Nashville from the 30s to the 70s, uh, or at least in downtown Nashville. But wasn't Prohibition still going on then? Because didn't Tennessee hold on to pre- Prohibition for longer than it was nationally... No, Tennessee's right. prohibition was from 1909 to 1939. So, um, if the Opry started in the 40s, then I guess we would have just escaped that. Gotcha. I mean, and clearly they didn't really hold on to it, right? It was probably. <laughs> we were sneaking things around right. here. We had here Jack Daniels. Yeah, he's a bootlegger, right? So, <clears> I mean. He was, but the distil- that's a whole nother subject. Oh, wow. So Broadway was very popular uh, there from the 30s up into the 70s. And what happened in 1972? We've covered it before. Funk. It's been a- <laughs> <laughs> Invades Nashville. W- <laughs> George Clinton descends yep. on Nashville in 1972. No, I was going to say uh, the opening of Opryland. Um, and oh, with yeah. the opening oh, of Opryland, yeah, got you guys back in. With the opening of Opryland, they decided to make it a complete rounded out musical theme park by building a new building for the Grand Old Opry specifically. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the Grand Old Opry leaves, and from 1974 to 1992, the Ryman Auditorium sits empty. Um, which a lot of people don't expect that either. So we're looking at about a 20-year span of that beautiful building just sitting empty. Who owned it in that time period? I don't think it was a, I don't think it was a private owner. I think at some point the city owned it. Some and, kind of historical society or something? Yeah, but they didn't deem it a historical building until they were about to tear it down. I think, I think uh, that happened in the 80s is yeah. what I was reading. A lot of... Um, a lot of buildings downtown got declared as historical landmarks. Including Lower Broadway, which is crazy that that's a historical landmark. It's the section between 5th Avenue and 3rd Avenue on Lower Broadway. So during this time, and what we're going to do is call it the dark period. 
That's because there, there were no neon lights during that time, right? <laughs> they turned them all off. That's what I thought. Yeah, no, that's not what it was. What happened was nobody was, it started to become where nobody would come downtown because the Opry was 12 miles outside of Nashville at this time. So you would go over there. You'd also enjoy a theme park and, you know, everything else, a hotel. The hotel. So Nashville downtown became deserted and all of these honky tonks and furniture stores became be, began uh, closing because they just couldn't sustain it with no traffic downtown. Uh, then what happens is, you know, these people that can't afford these buildings or they're renting these buildings, there are people that can't afford that. And there are people that are making money off of what I'll call smut. Okay. Do you like the word smut? I do now. <laughs> so in moves, uh, people who think that they can make money, which become these porn shops, basically. Um, so let me adult interrupt. stores. Let me interrupt real quick here. When was the interstate built? Because I felt like that would have a huge effect on how much traffic was going in and around downtown. If people used to always take First Avenue and then they build the interstate, and you know, all of a sudden. That is a good point. I have no idea when the interstate was built. Probably in the forties, I think. Is that when? Probably. Right? Like so it was after. Movement. It was shortly after World War II. I feel like. And let let me be clear. In nineteen seventy five, uh, one year after the Grand Ole Opry departed the Ryman Auditorium and it closed down, there were still honky tonks downtown. They just weren't visited as much, and uh, it became a haven for these artists that weren't that good to come play somewhere. Also, you know, with the adult uh, film stores and the adult, you know, magazine stores, and then, you know, gun shops started coming in and Lower Broadway became known as a place for panhandlers and drunks. And that's why it became less and less of a family atmosphere or a night out for a couple. Um, Because it was scary. It sounds awesome to me, but it was scary. Well, sure. And, and I don't want to say, it's kind of like, uh, I guess, when Michael J. Fox comes back from being in the future and the town looks completely different and it's all uh, it's desolated. Like and, yeah. yeah, it's disgusting. Are you talking about when he, come, when, uh, when he goes to Biff's? Yeah. Yes, when he goes to Biff's. Everything up to Biff's. Damn, downtown Nashville was like that? Yeah, yes. it was like post-apocalyptic in 1975. Wow. Yeah, it was tough. Man. And I've got some statistics on it, which I looked this up this morning, and it says changes in business use by block, which are these statistics that they measured every five years. And it gives you an idea of what type of establishments were downtown, which is from really cool stuff. So in 1975, there were four honky-tonks downtown. There were five buildings that were vacant. There were seven adult venues, five pawn shops, eight furniture stores. Uh, and then you go to 1980, there are you know six furniture stores, so that drops. Pawn shops go from uh, five to six, so that's going up. Adult venues go from seven to ten. Uh, so there's a big rise and honky tonks really stay constant throughout, uh, from 75 to 95. There's still only four. And those four were the original, you know, the legends corner, uh, Tootsie's Layla's and Roberts. Um, so it was really only that block. And then you go to 85 pawn shops, five, so they dropped one adult venues go from, uh, 10 to four. And then, uh, so by the 80s, the adult stuff's coming out. By the 90s, it's down to three. And then by 1995, there are no more adult venues in downtown Nashville. Whoa, uh, but from, whoa, whoa, whoa. from 85 to 90, the honky-tonks went from four to ten. So that really 
kind of took off right there. Okay, you're talking about Lower Broadway, though. Because downtown Nashville, yes, there were still adult places. Oh, yeah, there were. And what's funny is I saw a picture where you you probably wouldn't be surprised by this, but it's a picture of uh, Legends Corner. And I think this was 1992, maybe. It was Legends Corner, Tootsie's, uh, Robert's, Jack's Barbecue. And then what's next to Jack's that was the biggest adult film store uh, or adult store in downtown Nashville. Currently, it's the stage. Ah, okay. Yeah. I've heard, a... I've heard you have some history with the stage. Yeah, we'll get to that later. But Will we? Do you want to do it now? No, let me continue. <laughs> that was a dark period. And then in the early 90s, the you know we start coming back out of this in Broadway. And a lot of people don't you know uh, realize this and moved here. And they probably think Broadway was just a constant build you know, since the very beginning to now. But it went through that dark period. In 1992, uh, this guy buys Tootsies and tries to turn everything around, right? In 1995, we, open, uh, we tear down out two furniture store buildings and open uh, NASCAR Cafe, which really put us on the map. Not a lot of people remember that, but it was a massive place when we were kids. From With NASCAR Cafe fame, uh, came Planet Hollywood in late 1995. I do Wait, remember that. Where was NASCAR Cafe? What's that place called now? It was the Red Iguana. It was... Uh, yeah. Um, what? I think it's Jason Aldean's now. Oh, okay. So, but what, uh, what are we... Cadillac remember? Ranch. Cadillac Ranch. Yeah. The Red Iguana. It was... Yeah, it's always something. It's... Okay. So NASCAR Cafe opens there. Later that year, Planet Hollywood opens, and it's a big deal for Nashville, right? The news channels are down there. National news is down there. I'm pretty sure I was down there with my mom on Broadway during a party and saw Arnold Schwarzenegger come put his hand in the sidewalk, which is like one of my biggest moments of my life. I, wow, that is that is impressive. It is. So, you know, 1996... You saw Conan, a child, <laughs> put his hands in cement. I'm, and those were some pretty big hands. Take a look at these hands. Oh, don't start with that. So, okay, yeah, you're right. I do, I do remember when uh, Planet Hollywood opened, and it was a big deal because we, yeah, we went down there too. I do remember that. So Broadway is back, and what next does the city do? Um, they open a massive arena right on Broadway, which is kind of unheard of throughout the country because a lot of arenas and football stadiums aren't necessarily in the downtown and definitely not on the main drag of downtown Nashville so or downtown anywhere. Mm-hmm. So that opens up and it houses, you know, we bring a hockey team here. We've got a place for concerts and then people start buying up these honky tonks and it kind of snowballs into what we see today. Sure. So um, that, you know, NASCAR Cafe, Planet Hollywood, and I think they opened it and called it the Somay Center at first. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, 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 the Somay Center. And, and then I do it was remember the G- Gaylord Entertainment Center, and now it's Bridgestone Arena. Yeah, um, the Somay. Okay. Yeah, and then we had a really shitty hockey team for a very long time, and, and <laughs> it, it wasn't necessarily the attraction, but it made downtown safe and friendly again. So the adult shops are out, the pawn shops are gone, honky-tonks are moving in, and gift stores uh, candy shops, um, ice cream shops, ice cream. Yeah. So, and then barbecue places. So now fast forward to today, because most of you have seen it from then into today. So now we're looking at, you know, certain accolades. Like I think it was New York times named us 2018's number one drinking city in America. Uh, we are currently, you know, basically the bachelorette capital of the world. I agree with that. I don't, 
I don't understand the number one drinking city in America. Should it be per capita? Because I would think that would be like Vegas or New York. Well, what do, what does that even mean? Well, I guess if you have a if you're a name. I mean, shoot, there's nothing but bars down there. So, I mean, there's not a lot. You can't even take kids into... You're not coming here to stay sober. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I just... I guess I just think about places that, like, New Orleans or, like, uh, even... Uh, what is it? is it Savannah that you can like drink on the street? They have open container laws. Like I just think of a place that's not as restrictive about sure drinking as this place, is. which we still do not have open container <laughs> laws, which is very surprising. Because when I think of Broadway, I think of things streets on the level of Bill Street in uh, Memphis right. or Bourbon Street in New Orleans. Maybe not that level, but right. Um, yeah, that's one thing that they should definitely explore, though, is like closing down the street and just. I mean, because they'll do it during hockey games sometimes, and they'll do it during like the SEC or they have in the past. You know, they shut sure. down the street, and then you can actually, you know, there's places selling drinks on the street, or you can bring your drink outside. Like, NFL draft. You I could, mean, that's it. Yeah. It, you're yeah. right. There's more and more events. Bring smut back in. It'd be just like uh, mm. Sixth Street, Street on Austin, Texas. That, that, that's that, what that I was too. thinking. Yeah. Um, uh, all three of us went to Austin, Texas a few years ago, and we noticed that Sixth Street is an open street. But at night at six o'clock, they close it down, and it's just a party. And, and I think they should probably God, do that, that on become, Broadway. Yeah. But that, mm-hmm. God, that turned that place into a. <laughs> Nashville, right. Nashville circa even... 1980. <laughs> that, yeah, <laughs> what, turned it into Bips. Yeah, yeah. that's what Sixth Street sun went down and like made the freaks come out. Oh yeah, uh, we saw some crazy stuff. But so Broadway's back and now it's building and building. And another point I wanted to make was uh, I think it was 2000. Uh, I want to say nine ish. There was a big uh, issue about smoking in bars in Nashville, and we are probably the last city on earth where you can actually smoke in a bar. Maybe last major city on earth where uh, you yeah, can smoke it's, inside. It's got to be. Um, so in two thousand nine, I think they they put an ordinance downtown, which kind of split the street. So uh, if you wanted smoking in your bar, you had to be twenty one and up all day long. If you uh, didn't want smoking in your bar, uh, you could be underage until the the time of like seven o'clock, right? So, uh, it basically they banded together, and one side of the street said, "Yes, we do not want smoking in our bar," and the other side of the street said, "We do want smoking in our bar," and that still is going on today. So you can pretty much smoke anywhere on one side of the street, but not the other. Right now, all of the slow moving vehicles or transportainment, as we uh, coin it is, you know, your pedal taverns and your tractors and your school buses with the tops cut off and uh, what looks to be a vehicle that can also go into the river if it wanted to. <laughs> oh, my God. I saw one the other day. They have one of those. It's it's a bus or whatever it is, but it has a hot tub in it. So it has sit, a hot tub in it? Yes. It I has a working hot out. tub. That sounds disgusting. <laughs> Yeah, man. They're like, we keep it clean. It's like, there's no way you keep it clean. Wait, wait a minute. Is that written on the side of the vehicle? We keep it clean. <laughs> That's their motto. Man, you'd have to I mean, drain it and clean it with fire, I think. Yeah. <laughs> we need to get a new hot tub here every single trip. Yeah, that's and, gross. And since, you know, the three of us have been here and we used to kind of go downtown in our single days and now avoid it like the plague, whether you're out there and you hate Broadway and you hate going downtown or you love it or you're somebody who is looking to visit Nashville in the near future, everybody has their opinions, you know, on Lower Broadway. Sure. And today we kind of want to give you some stories uh, about our experiences on Lower Broadway because you're not here for the history, let's be honest. Right. Well, I want to hear some some old boy stories. 
Well, I, you know, I, I will say this back, back when we were, uh, running down there, it was so, I would avoid it in the summer unless it was just something, somebody's birthday or something. But during the winter, we would go down there cause it'd be less crowded and we could just bar hop sure. and have a, I mean, have a blast. And it was a lot of fun. My favorite honky tonk clearly is Robert's. They got that Buffalo head painting in there. I think we're, we're all in agreement on that. And it, it's funny. I was reading a, a 2015 thrillist. It was 15 or 17 thrillist article this morning that ranked every bar in downtown Nashville. And the comments on this thing is hilarious because they gave Roberts a four out of 10. What? I swear to God, they gave Merchants a nine out of 10. And the first comment was, as soon as I saw Roberts associated with a four, I'm out. I was out. And it was some girl. Right. Uh, I mean, why Merchants? I don't know. I've never, I've been in Merchants maybe once the whole time I've lived here. They gave Tootsie's a nine. They gave, uh, like Agme Feed and Seed an eight. They gave Nashville Underground a one. And I, if people don't remember, um, now it's incredible, but it used to be. I, I still agree with that, Brady. It's still a one. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you, you that's were, true. Yeah. You were there not that long ago. Yeah. Um, Was that is that the one off, uh, which one is it's that? It's right next to Acme. Yeah. And, oh, okay, okay. And okay, the okay. Fat Bottom Brewery or oh, Rock I, Bottom Brewery. I haven't been there. Yeah. Yeah, you're not missing anything. Yeah. Um. So... Now there, there was a time I was uh, downtown Nashville proper, Broadway, Second Avenue. I'd probably been kicked out of every single one of them. I have age, no doubt by age eighteen, because <laughs> you're not supposed to be there under the age eighteen. I know. Yeah, I had to learn the hard way. Okay, like, like most things. But um, you want a good lower Broadway story? Who would say no to that? Okay, uh, I was out with some buddies. We were at the stage, and it, this was, again, one of those winter nights, less crowded. It was fun. I don't have to worry about too many tourists, and we go down there, and I'm chatting up some lady at the bar, and uh, I can feel this guy behind me just staring at me, just staring at me. So I'm thinking, oh, man. So I turn around and say, hey, buddy, is everything cool? We good? And he's just, just smiling, just looking at me. I was like, all right. So... I turn around and I'm I keep drinking, talking to this girl. Finally, I turn around. and said, "Do we have a problem, man?" And he's just smiling. you initiated. That. Hold on, was the guy bigger than you? Uh, I, I don't know. I think we're about the same height. I okay. guess he's probably beefier than me. But most people are. Because I don't see you saying, "Do we have a problem?" Oh, with anybody? if I have a problem, if there, I, if, I don't shy away from things. So I just said, <laughs> "I said, buddy, do we got a problem, man?" And he's just smiling at me, just not saying a thing. He walks up, puts his hands on my shoulders. And knees me right in the nuts. And I fold <laughs> like a chair. Just I just fold. I'm down on the ground. Bouncers immediately jump on this kid, throw him out, and I have no clue what's going on. Was it his girl that you were chatting up? Well, I gain my composure. I go back to the bar. Okay. And I start talking to the lady again. The the, the girl I said, I am so sorry. I was like, I, I didn't realize you know, that was was that your boyfriend? She says, uh I have no idea who that was. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm to this day perplexed. No clue. No clue. Oh man, I would love to hear the other side of that story. It, Whatever that dude's motivation was, like, yes, was he dared? Was he just a straight up crazy person? Like, 
If right. you're if you're out there and you're listening to this podcast and you remember specifically kneeing somebody in the nuts, at, well, you probably done it before. This couldn't wow. be his first time. It <laughs> was it was a That's professional true. move, man. I was I it did me in. If it was if it was that professional, he put both hands, one on each shoulder, and just went all the way in on it, like right out of an '80s movie. <laughs> That's why he was smiling so much. He was just so giddy with the thing. He was the so thought. excited he was about to do that. He's like this poor son of a gun, dude. He, he's about <laughs> he has, to crumple. He has no idea. Oh man, <laughs> about to ruin his life. This guy's never gonna have kids. <laughs> That that's a sticky situation to be in. That's just that's a good that's a good PG story for me. Okay, I can There's a many a story I can't tell. Yeah, probably not going to. See, most of my stories start you know back in high school, and I remember going down there in high school it was a big deal. They had things like dancing in the district where right. you got dropped off as a live event down on First Avenue in the river, or. Um, you know, when you get a little bit older, they had, what was it, teen night or high school nights uh, at places like the Mix Factory. The Mix Factory, yeah. That most people don't remember. Oh, um, my God, dude. I'd grind. I'd grind all night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so many semis in the Mix Factory. <laughs> no, there wasn't anything semi about it. <laughs> But then you get a little bit older and, you know, you're 18 now. And finally, you can get into some of these places people have been talking about forever. And I'm talking like Graham Central Station, Banana Joe's, um, you know, all of those places kind of on Second Avenue, but like cornered Broadway. Because uh, we still, Broadway was still 21 and up when we were that age. But you could get into some of these bars and they were fun. And, uh, you know... What I remember distinctly about Broadway was it used to be a place for cruising. And people would bring every car that they had in Nashville down Broadway. And there were signs all over the place that said, no cruising. And, you know, it had like a car with a, uh, I don't know, with a dash through it or something. It it was very, you know, what they did was they took, uh, they went down Broadway, took a left on 2nd, went up to Union Street, went down to 8th, took a left, and went back down Broadway. Back and that down. was their night. They might have gotten God. like four runs in. I forgot about cruising. Like we even did that in my hometown, and none of us had like a really nice car. But you still like just drive around. Yeah, right. windows down, rims on your car, smoking limp biscuit pot. to the max. Yeah, smoking some pot, and I guess trying to look cool. I guess right. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, just was... hollering at people in the cars next to you. Yeah, yeah. You know, I learned a, a valuable lesson early on is to never pick a chick up in a car because once she gets out of the car, you're like. Eey. You know, yeah, maybe a little bottom heavy. Uh, no, no you're like, I made a mistake. <laughs> now that thoughts in my head. So the days of cruising got shut down by the cops, and uh, you know, started kind of the Broadway, you know, scene, which we distinctly remember, which were places like, you know, decades. And I remember the NASCAR cafe, and then it turned into uh, something else. Cadillac Ranch. Was that Cadillac it? the Ranch. Cadillac Ranch? Uh, we didn't really go to the older honky tonks. We went to places like Bailey's, and but yeah. what I remember is one night I had a couple of people in from out of town, as well as a friend that was in town, and we go to uh, the Big Bang, which is not a show on TV, but a dueling pianos bar, piano bar, which used to sit above Paradise Park, and now it's about to become a place called the Sportsman's Club. I'm excited to see what that is, but I'm in the Big Bang. It's 2012. Uh, it's in January. I think it's really close to my birthday, which is later on in January. And we go into the big bang. I mean, we'd had a few, uh, it was late is about 10 30 or 11. We sit down at this table and I notice 
right in front of me within arm's length, sitting with his back to me, looking at the dueling piano bar, is Eli Manning. And if most most of you remember this, but the Giants either... No, so this was in February because the Giants had just won the Super Bowl in 2012. So it was a Super Bowl winning quarterback right in front of me. And back then, I was kind of... Uh, I got geeked out on people like that, and I, I don't anymore, but I was I was really excited that a Super Bowl winning quarterback, MVP, is sitting right in front of me, and I start talking to the people at my table, like, hey, you guys see, that's fucking Eli Manning, and they were like, all right, cool, and I'm like, no, it's Eli Manning, right? So I don't know what transpires between him and the girl that he's sitting with or what, but he doesn't even give me a head turn, Right. A waiter comes over to the table, takes what I think is a drink order, goes back to the bar. I'm not paying attention to any of this. Within 30 seconds, there is a tap on my shoulder, and I look up, and it is the manager of the bar who has asked me and my party to leave our table um, and choose a different table, which is back in the balcony area. And I was, I, I was questioning why, you know? As one would. As one would, why are you asking me to leave my table? Do I not look right to be in this dueling piano bar on downtown Broadway? Uh, you know, Could be I'm, something. I'm from Broadway. You know, you got to get out of here with that stuff. And so he's like, sir, I'm going to ask you. Uh, you can either leave or you can join a table in the back. And I was like, okay. I'm wondering at this point, does this have to do with fucking Eli Manning? <laughs> right? So I look at him and I stop short of tapping this dude on the shoulder. And I said, hey... And he kind of gives me a half nod, and he does not turn all the way around. And the guy was like, and the the bouncer or the manager was like, "All right, are you ready to move tables?" And I'm like, "I guess." So I get up and I turn around, and I just dead stare at Eli Manning. And at this point, I'm two steps to the left, so I know he can see me in his peripheral. Yes. Uh, and I'm just staring at him like uncomfortably. And at this point, <laughs> my party, the people I came with, have to pull me off of this, right? Uh, yeah. So to this day, I every time I see a Giants uniform or the last name Manning, I think of that story, and I fucking hate Eli Manning. You he didn't even have the go. balls to turn around and look at me. He didn't have. He didn't acknowledge me. Did he think I was a stalker? Do you want to? Do you want to role how play? Mu- how much of it? <laughs> yes, Doctor Hay. <laughs> well, Doctor Hay is not allowed I'll in this be, room anymore. I'll be Eli Manning this time. So I'm at some bar, just won the Super Bowl, trying to relax. I'm in downtown Nashville. What a shithole. Some ass clown keeps talking about me. I keep hearing, is that Eli Manning? Is that Eli Manning? <laughs> so I call the waitress over. I'm like, ma'am, could you get the manager out here and get this geek out of here? She's like, which one? The one that keep just hold up, listen. Is that Eli Manning? That's the one. Get him out. Okay. You know what? I've never had the opportunity to think what Eli Manning thought about that night. I just think he's a dick. Why couldn't he have just said hi? Yeah, I'm Eli Manning. Nice to meet you. Eli, if you're listening to this at some point. Trying to listen to that Come On Eileen song. (laughs) (laughs) Which you'll hear nightly on Lower Broadway. That's right. Oh, man. what We were out a couple weekends ago and we saw the Bang This twins downtown they're still alive they are at the bar closed they're still out there wearing bang this t-shirts and they smell so bad (laughs) they smell so bad i did have a conversation with one of them 
It's funny. One of them is a talker, and the other one is not a talker, which you'd think that they would be the same. I mean, they look exactly the same. If you don't know about the Bangness Twins, you haven't been to Nashville. Right. Yeah. You're bound to encounter them. So they're like a Penn and Teller act? Although, they're not even... They're more rare to see them now. You used to see them all the time, but... That's true. Think their health is slipping? I was always surprised. Oh. Well, I was just going to say, I feel like they were old when I first saw them 10 years ago. Right. For sure. And I'm always surprised that people, the millions of people that have probably taken pictures with the Bang This Twins, they've never asked for a dime. But uh, people always give them money. I mean, we all, yeah, I don't know. Every time we've taken a photo with them, we've given them a couple bucks. Did you give them money this past time? Yeah. I didn't see that. I didn't give them money. I, I think like $2 or something. Oh. So if a million people would took pictures with them and everybody gave them a dollar, they could be millionaires right now. Dang. I don't think they are. Or they are. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're hiding it really well. Oh my god, that would be that's a story I would like to know. Somebody know, that was with us was like, like "Where have you guys been?" And they said, "We don't come downtown anymore. There's too many black people." Oh wow! Well, like, no, oh, well, I don't feel so bad anymore. Okay, that. guys, uh, take your two dollars and go down. Yes, okay. um, dude. Yeah, now I have a different vision of the Bang This Twins. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like them to begin with, but no, they, I always they thought were, they were kind of awkward. They were creepy. So, I don't know. I don't have a great downtown story because I feel like I haven't ever, you know, I didn't grow up here. And you don't remember them. I mean, let's be honest. Well, <laughs> I guess that too. I guess that too. But I feel like a lot of my big party crazy things happened on like Second Avenue because, I mean, some of those bars are just so terrible. You can't help but to like black out inside. Of That's very yeah. true. Yeah, um, I've, I've got lots of Second Avenue. I, I, yeah. I have yeah. lots of Second Avenue stories. So we, maybe I mean, that'll we, be for a later podcast. <laughs> we we'll just dedicate a, we'll dedicate an entire podcast to Second Avenue. Okay. But I just like to think about like maybe in 2011, 2012. Before I mean, Nashville was boom starting to boom then, but it hadn't really taken off. Downtown hadn't become the shit show that it is now. Yeah. Old boy and I went down there one night and shot like a sh- little short film just in and out of all these bars downtown. Like had no problem just going in with some camera gear, me dressed as like a spy or whatever, just like in and out of these bars, shooting stuff everywhere. No, I mean, it, there was nobody in these bars. You're yep. right. It was, yeah, it was great. Now actually. you go out on cool. a Tuesday night and things are jammed. I wish that, I mean, it, it would be nice if they extended the sidewalks or provided something else. Because like I said, I was down there last night and... Uh, I haven't been down there in quite a while, and it was impossible to walk anywhere. Yeah. Um, just so many people. It was the first time I had ever encountered an Uber app where it said no drivers available, um, and that's how congested downtown Nashville is. But damn, it is still a fun place. And when you were talking a few years ago, when we and when you got shot that short film. You know, it was still the Nashville that we remembered, like the Whiskey right. Bent Saloon Nashville yeah. and the, like, uh, what is it, Silver Dollar Saloon and the Wheel and, you know, all of the original, you know, Honky Tonks. And then they had Bailey's and they didn't have Acme and they, they had Hard Rock Cafe, but nobody ever went in there. And I right. think that's why we all stayed on Second Avenue is because that's where the condensed, condensity, is that a word, of the bars were. And now... Bars are a premium, and it is insane that we have gone from being like the honky-tonk capital of the world to now like honky-tonk country music Disneyland. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, it's it's become so fucking generic. Like, it, there, nothing has any character. Every bar is the – every – Honky tonk complex is exactly the same down there. Like yeah. if you had yeah. if you had if you have any sort of popularity, you have a bar downtown and a whiskey 
I, I guess Kid Rock bars kind of setting themselves apart just because they have like a different flavor of herpes on every single <laughs> level that you go on there. So you can get all your coverage. Oh, they also have strengths. that Joe C tribute on the fourth floor. <laughs> Do they really? I don't know. Oh, if they did, I would definitely <laughs> go check that out one night. Uh, yes. So everybody who's anybody in country music now has a bar. Um, that's right. why we call it Disneyland. You know, I, John Rich has a bar. Alan Jackson, Dirks Bentley. Uh, Jason Aldean. Jason Aldean. Florida Georgia Line. Toby Blake Keith. Shelton. Toby Keith does not surprisingly have a bar yet. He sponsors Joe Crabcheck, though. <laughs> I got a great Joe's Crab Shack story. <laughs> okay, so I would relate Toby Keith with Joe's Crab Shack, <laughs> but every and everybody has a whiskey too. I heard, uh, uh, like Darius Rucker has a whiskey, and now Bob Dylan's moving to town. He's gonna have a bar and a uh, distillery and whiskey. And it's like, shit, yeah, man. does Metallica have a whiskey? They do. Um, Metallica has a whiskey. Bob Dylan's actually opens later this year in an old church in Nashville. It's going to be a distillery and a bar. Right. Like, what the hell does Bob Dylan have to do with this thing, really? I don't they, know why. They he gave was... him, like, a hundred grand to say Bob Dylan's whiskey or something. That's, That's it. it. Uh, none of these people, like Kid Rock, they don't own these bars. They maybe just own 1% of them. Uh, as you know, if you don't know this, an old boy shaking his head at me, like Kid Rock owns that bar. He doesn't. There's a guy named Steve that owns all of Broadway pretty much. Right. So he opens these places and he gets their names to promote the bar to licenses, I guess he, he pays them a percentage to license their name. And those are the exact reasons those bars in specific are the exact reasons are driving locals away from downtown Nashville. Now there are a few things that bring us back in the NFL draft, the SEC tournament, sometimes well, I don't. I would never go down there for Fourth of July or New Year's again. No, dude, no. Oh my God. No. Yes. I, I just had a flashback of that one time we went downtown for New Year's, and I thought I was going to die. Right. It, it was the first time ever I was in a crowd, and this I think Hank Williams Jr. was the headliner, and it was about to be midnight. The first time ever I was in a crowd where I'm holding my girlfriend, now wife's hand, and her hand slips away from mine because it's elbow to elbow, and then I thought I lost her in like a seat. Like, <laughs> I looked, like, well, and the I hand guess... was no longer there. I couldn't see her head or anything. It's like she went into the abyss. It was like like the Titanic. Yeah. Well, I, that, you know, that sucks, though, man, because I remember going downtown as a kid and seeing the fireworks and stuff like that. And you could and my kid loves downtown Nashville. And I could you couldn't pay me to take her down there. I, I mean, I just won't do it. Sure. I mean, we were downtown in on New Year's Eve, maybe in 2000. Maybe it was 2012. Maybe it was 2011. But it wasn't that busy. It was like literally got crazy. What just, that was like three years later, maybe. Sure. Yeah. Do you think it'll dry up? You think it like it'll lose steam at some point? Broadway. Yeah, I'll probably no. be seventy eight and can't make it downtown anymore. If anything, it's going to build, and the and it's going to go. From what I hear, you know, they're running out of real estate. You can't put new buildings. You can build them up, I guess, but people are just cutting them off. And now rooftops are the biggest thing. Right. There's a rooftop on every single bar because they're using every real estate in the building. So from what I hear, this new complex that's going in at where the old Nashville Convention Center is, um, they're going to start building that all the way up to the interstate um, with shops and bars and restaurants and eateries and things like that. Um, which brings in a, another point is Hume Fogg sits right there, which was actually the first public high school uh, in, Nashville. in Nashville. And, you know, it opened in the late 1800s. And it's you can't move that. So are you just going right. to build around it? And that, that kind of takes away from the... Well, and also, like, the Google building is supposedly going right there too right like that's well a little further down it's i think it's amazon 
Um, yeah, Amazon. Sorry, yeah. Um, yeah, So they're and they're putting that right between the interstate and everything. So um, anyway, it's – speaking from last night, it's not fun. I mean, now there's places like a, a bar I was in last night called Nudie's who's coining the longest bar in Nashville. Who gives a shit? Like, that just means you're way further back and you can't hear the band as well. That like, place is, yeah, I don't know. I zero remember when nudity, that... too. <laughs> zero nudity. It's, it's a bad. The, yeah, it's a lie. You know, you had a good point earlier about shutting down Broadway and, you know, not letting traffic go through there. Let's say from First Avenue to Fifth Avenue. And then it would be a massive opening and thoroughfare there for people to walk. It also could be like a corral for pedal taverns, and all they did was go down one side of the street and they're, up the other side of the street. I mean, circles. Are you saying they'll cruise? <laughs> yeah, Dude. Pedal tavern cruising. Pedal tavern. I mean, okay, full disclosure, we did a pedal tavern back in 2011 or something like that. I was like on When that, it was yes. first came to town. The shit can be kind of fun, but it's obnoxious as fuck. But we were downtown last two weekends ago. We had some friends in town. We went downtown at like 10.30 in the morning on a Friday because we were like, we're going to walk across the pedestrian bridge. We each got our kid. We'll put it in the stroller. It was nice out. We're like, you know, we'll do a quick loop around downtown thinking at 10.30 in the morning, it's not going to be that much of a shit show. Sure. There was already pedal taverns everywhere. People are like just yelling off the pedal tavern, like at me pushing a baby down the street. It's like, bro, come on, like. I understand partying, but why are you yelling at a family? So they tried they tried to <laughs> right. woo your baby? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. I think, you know what I really think it is? I think we're fucking old, man. Is what I, it you're, could be it. I'm sorry. Could, you're, no, I'm you're right. You're I right. I think we're old now. You're right. And and there was a point in time in my life when I was probably like, who the fuck would bring their baby downtown in a stroller? But, you know, it's like, you, you think at 10.30 in the morning, it's not going to be that much of a shit show. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. No, they start at like 7.30 on Saturdays. Well, uh, this, was, this wasn't even a weekend. No. <laughs> this is a Tuesday night or Tuesday morning. Well, um, so we all hate it. Yeah. Okay. So here's, I, a, here's an exercise is if you, now that everybody has their own ideas of what their bars should be, and you know we've seen them, we've been in them, if you could put a bar on Broadway, what would, what would it be? Well, I'm I, hoping that, we're big enough, and we call it Raising Nashville. Okay. So our Raising Ra- Nashville raisin bar. Na- honky Tonk. Our Raising Bucky. Nashville Honky Tonk. That's and, right. And so at the top of it, are we in like a, a crow's nest, and we're just doing this podcast 24-7? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, what... it'll just be bad paintings of us on the wall like we're doing a podcast, and then we'll just we'll just loop the same 12 country songs that they play everywhere. Okay. See, okay. It I, would make money. Uh, I Yeah. I'm on board with the money part. I would just bring back Decades. Decades was the best bar downtown Damn. forever. Because, man, come on. Who doesn't like 80s and 90s music? Like, I, right. I don't know. That is that is true. Decades probably was one of my favorite places in this city ever. Like, um, how did it, why did it close? And the bar they put there is just. The Bootleggers Inn yeah, is what it, it's called. It's fucking garbage. I'm sorry. I know. You're decades. Trying was, to not cuss, but. No, you're, <laughs> you're absolutely right. Decades. Had, about and decades had like and stripper poles. Coke mirrors all over the walls. It was great. Yep. And you had where the you giant da- fishbowl of, of uh, alcohol if you wanted to. True. Yeah. And, and where you danced was like an elevated, like a lot smaller than the entire bar, but it was elevated. You yeah. couldn't take drinks up there, I think, from what I remember. Maybe you could. It, I was, don't know. it was dope. You're absolutely right. That was the best bar downtown ever. 
ever. So, all right. So, Juice Box would bring back decades. I have to switch my answer. <laughs> I have to go back. I think I would bring back Banana Joe's, and that's where the, the first time I, you know, and back then I was going there where you had to uh, wash the ec- black X's off your hands. So there was like all the lines for the men's bathroom were just dudes trying to wash X's off their hands and uh, to in order to get drinks. Oh, I got you. That's. That's an interesting technique. We give you an X on your head if you can't drink. <laughs> yes. Oh, so you could get in at an underage, 18. Yeah, right? the, it was that, like, yeah, it was saying, uh, teen saying, nights. Yeah, they, so, who's not going to wash that off, like, I don't know. Eventually, they caught on, and like a year or two later, they had a guy in the bathroom monitoring whether you're washing <laughs> hands off or not. So they didn't even just change it to give the person that was over 21 an X. They <laughs> no. put somebody in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> They paid someone to do that, and now they're called bathroom attendants, and they've increased it by giving them oh and washing hands. Can we talk about that real quick? I know that's not specific to Broadway. But, but it what is. It's what in guys, every bar. It is. But, I mean, it's other places, too. But what do you guys think about bathroom attendants? They make me not wash my hands every third time I go into the bathroom. Dude, I mean, it's just like I, I, I feel bad for them because the bathrooms are always gross. And they have to sit in there for yeah. like eight hours. Yeah, and it's like, dude, I don't need you to put soap on my hand. Like I am an adult. Yeah, we're we're not we're not in a fancy restaurant in New York. Like this is Broadway. Yeah, I'll give you a dollar to not spray cologne on me. Oh, if there is a bucket of water sitting there, I would just wash my hands in that. What and other than having to deal with you? And then like, tough. do you want some of these mints that have just been sitting out in the bathroom? It's like, no, people, I don't want that. People's well. shit smell. <laughs> so we have a few sponsors this week since we're covering Lower Broadway. Sponsors from Lower Broadway who want to get on the podcast and advertise their business. And Bucky Roll. Biscuit Williams Biscuits on Broadway. Serving hungover honky-tonkers since 1974 to the backdrop of classic country. None of that new shit. Soak up them suds with some hearty biscuits and gravy, finger-squeezed OJ, and local pork skins. Or, if that ain't your speed and you want to drink your breakfast, try Biscuit Williams' favorite morning cocktail. A shot of Dickel chased by a shot of Log Cabin. Biscuit Williams' Biscuits on Broadway. You haven't done Broadway till you've lost your biscuits in a back alley. And we also have another sponsor today. Bucky's Karaoke Honky Tonk. It's like a honky-tonk where we retread the same 12 country songs played at every honky-tonk, but somehow with less talent. Come down, be overserved, and forget the words to your favorite songs, all while risking humiliation on social media. Bucky's Karaoke Honky-Tonk on 5th. You'll live to regret it. You were born for this. So we're old, right? So I think maybe we should get someone else's opinion on this. Maybe somebody younger? I'm excited. Yeah. Who do you have in mind? I was thinking we'd bring in uh, my daughter, Samantha, four, age four. Age four. Sam. Hi. Samantha, welcome to uh, Raising Nashville. We're excited you're here today. Are you Are you excited to be here? Yes. Good. We're excited to have you. So we want to ask you a few questions about... Lower Broadway. Or downtown Nashville. So... Have you been to downtown Nashville? Yes. Cool. And do you tell it tell me what do you like about downtown Nashville? The candy shop. The oh. candy shop. We've announced okay, tell 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 us why you like the candy shop. Tell me the story. 
because it because it has um candy and then we don't want it to be small and with no candy. That's why we got some. Yeah. Did we? What kind of candy did you get at the candy shop? I don't know. Is it the candy? Is it the candy shop on Second Avenue? Yes. Okay. Um, okay, what else do we do downtown Nashville? We see, we go to have fun, and, it, and it's getting bigger. It, it is. is. Yes, it is getting bigger, because Daddy thought it was a small city, but it's getting, it's turning into a big city, isn't it? Why, why did you think it was a small city? It could, when I was your age, it was a small city. It's a lot smaller than it is now. It's expanding. There wasn't very much to do downtown when we were kids. So there's a lot to do downtown now that you are growing up in this great city of Nashville. Yeah. Have you been down to the library in Nashville? No. That is not true. (laughs) Yes, you have. I think you saw some puppet shows there. Yes. Did you like them? Yes. What were the stories about? We get the, we have to get it from the shelves, and you and I can't reach the ones that are super high. Okay, I don't. We'll come back to that. Now, what is your favorite thing about downtown Nashville? It's the big lights. Yeah, it's the big lights. Bright city, bright lights, and the candy shop, and the candy shop, and fun. Now, do we go into any restaurants downtown? We went to a skinny one. Uh-huh. What else? That's all. That's it. The old the old spaghetti factory? Yeah. I don't want to go to another one. You want to go to another one? Yeah, we went to we did. We went to Demos also, but at the old spaghetti factory, we ate in the trolley, didn't we? Yeah. All right. Is there anything you want to tell the listenership? Um, we, I really want to tell you, I want to tell you, the candy shop again. Oh, you want to talk more about the candy shop? I'm okay with that. You know, Daddy, you know, old boy loves candy. And I saw a toy. No. Yes. Not the candy shop. Let's talk about this toy, Samantha. I got a... I, I don't know it's all my candy, but it, it, there's a toy with candy inside of it, I think. Okay. Mm. So you oh. want old boy to take you down there this afternoon to get this toy with candy inside of it? Um, no. Are you saying no because he is making a face at you right now? We Sam, are? Samantha, I have one question for you before we leave the air. Is it possible for me to ask you a question? Yes. Okay. Can you tell our listenership out there about your dishwashing skills? And do you like washing dishes? Sometimes. You help sometimes? Yeah. Have you ever been fired from a dishwashing job? No. No? Hmm. <laughs> well, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll discuss this later, Samantha. S- Samantha, what's your favorite chore to do at your house? Cleaned up my room. Cleaned up your room? That's your favorite chore? Yeah, you you're pretty good at it. I, I have to admit, it takes a few times to tell you, but you're pretty. You do you listen. You're doing pretty good. Do you get allowance for cleaning up your room? No. Do you know what allowance is? Because I can tell you real quick, and we can start that process. Uh, no, I don't know. Okay, it's well, where you get money 
for doing things around the house. Do you like money? I have some. You have I, some? Yeah, and my piggy banks. Okay. I have two. Okay. She has Not two piggy one. banks. Two piggy banks? You're that rich? She diversifies. That means you've been doing a lot of chores. Yeah. I got a small one and a big one. Okay. Right. Yeah. Well, we're going to try to fill that big one. So when you get home today, I'm going to have old boy start talking to you about allowance. <laughs> Would that work? <laughs> well, we have some performance reviews coming up, and I've been holding back wages. <laughs> well, Samantha, we want to say thank you for coming on our podcast today and talking about your favorite things of Lower Broadway here in Nashville. Yeah, thank you, Sam. You did a great job. Do you want to say anything else on to the to everybody? No, I want to say Easter Bunny. You want to say Easter Bunny? Yeah. Okay. Why are you excited about the Easter Bunny? Because it has candy. Oh yes. my gosh, you are my daughter. Well, perfect. Well, we love you, kid. Why don't you hop on out of here? I, I can't get off. Okay, I'll, I'll help you down. <laughs> can't get off the stool. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. Thank you. So we we hope that you have enjoyed our banter today uh, about Lower Broadway. You gave us a good history lesson. I, I gave you a semi good history lesson. I, I didn't I didn't fall asleep. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm excited. You guys, you know, caught a little something from that today, especially a Nashville native like you, old boy. That's right. You well, need some history in your own city. Can you tell me why they call it the Athens of the South? Um, I can. It is because there are more. Greeks? <laughs> no, it's not a Greek city. <clears throat> we are the Athens of the South because we have more universities and schools per capita, uh, just like Athens, Greece had. Oh, I was thinking it was because, like, after Furniture Row, it was Yero Row. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we hope you guys enjoyed listening. If you don't have children... Have one. Have one. Catch up. Yeah. We want you to know what we go through. Yeah. The fear.